freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 126 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We have a great show today. Our theme is, if not you, then who? So we are nearing September 11th. We are sitting in the studio on Wednesday, September 5th. And it's just really been on my mind lately and a little heavy on my heart. And I'm going to apologize in advance if I get emotional. (laughs) with this particular opening read. Um, But I just really started thinking about, you know, that whole idea of, you know, one person, what one can do, and how often um, maybe sometimes we shy away from making a difference in the world because we do feel like, well, I'm I'm just one person. What can I do? And so as I just kind of sat down at the keyboard this week and just started typing away, The phrase came to me, if not you, then who? A great deal of history is told through the events surrounding a single pivotal figure, one man or one woman who stepped up and stepped out of obscurity and the comfort of anonymity to do something whether it is Mother Teresa who left a life of financial security to become a helper to the least, the last, and the lost, or George Washington who most wanted to just be a farmer, but who sacrificed the majority of his earthly life to fight and lead and father a nation, or that one teacher in junior high school who made all the difference in the pathway you chose in your own life. Everything important seems to come down to one person making a decision to serve and be selfless. And my friends, it seems that right now, today, we are very much in need of people who are willing to act in that singular fashion and step up to defend our constitutional values. Never before in the history of the United States have our constitutional rights been more under attack. Our Constitution had the misfortune of being written by human beings, and nothing is more flawed than human beings. Naturally, if we are flawed, and we are, then we are going to have a history that is messy, and it has a few stains and tears in the fabric. The quilt of our nation has brought 
much good to the world and much protection to the oppressed. But there are a few squares that bear the misstitched scars of darker times. And the rights restrictors, taking advantage of the imperfect nature of this quilt, would very much like to shred it, burn it, and pretend that none of it ever happened. Or, at least, undermine and obliterate the work of generations of people who have fought and bled and died for the chance to live out the promise that America holds. No other place on earth offers the life, liberty, and the relatively unencumbered pursuit of happiness like this patch of dry land that spans from the Atlantic to the Pacific Oceans that we know as our nation. The United States, even with our missteps, is a unique and shining beacon to the world. But the rights restrictors do not want that. They want the United States to be ordinary and more like other nations who have actually looked to us during times of their own difficulty. What an odd errand to be on. What nation, what organization, and what person seeks to be less than their full potential? Again, in that pursuit to be the best we can be, there are indeed times when America has fallen short of that purpose. But there is always hope in our Constitution and our Bill of Rights that redirects and guides us ever to that goal. Within those two founding documents is the protection for each and every single citizen, the individual, that one person who at any given moment in time will be the one who changes the lives around them for the better. That person might well be you. We are the direct recipients of the protections and the advantages afforded us by the blood, the sweat, and the tears of our great-great-grandparents. And we bear a weighty responsibility to be good stewards of those values and pass them along to our children and our children's children, unadulterated and whole. This is no doubt the reason why our founding fathers included the clause shall not be infringed to the language of our constitutional right to self-protection. They knew that the rights restrictors would infiltrate our nation and our government and attempt to twist and pollute and nullify our liberties. So when the rights restrictors seek to alter, weaken, and redirect our pathway that offers freedom to future generations of Americans, who will step up and say, no. Who will educate themselves so that they can pass along wisdom to the young people in our lives? And who will make informed decisions in the voting booth that honor our Constitution? We, patriots, you and I, that's who. And together, we will set the example. And as Mahatma Gandhi another singular history maker said, we will 
be the change we want to see in the world, not for our own sake, but for the sake of those yet to be born, those yet to know the liberties and the freedoms we've known. And in doing so, our lives will be a tangible example, an unveiled and open-faced challenge to others to protect and preserve American values, asking, even without words, everyone we encounter, if not you, then who? Dan? Let's roll. <laughs> I like it. And I didn't get emotional. I'm a little emotional, but you can't tell because it's radio. So. <laughs> oh, I can tell. Believe me, I can tell. Mm, so. Seriously, I mean, when did this country become a country of, I mean, it used to be, you know, uh, work for it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, wait for somebody to hand it to you mm. or take it. Mm. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's uh it's disheartening, but um, we're doing the work that we can do. We know some amazing people, like some of our guests today, I mean, like our guests today, and, and so many of our guests that have been on the show, who have invested themselves in learning to pass along wisdom, to continue our, our constitutional um, way of life, you know, the, the things that make us unique as Americans. I, there's been so much shame piled on that, so much guilt piled on that, that whole American exceptionalism stuff. It's like, yeah, we're exceptional. Let's just be exceptional, and let's let's try to continue to be exceptional because the rest of the world really does look to us for that, you know? Where, where do people run to? Where do they, how, you know, they risk life and limb. They break laws to go where? Here, to America. Yep. So anyway, and then they get that's here, not by mistake. And that's then a not lot by accident. Of, and a lot of them get here, and then they want it to be the way it was where they left. Yes, what the heck? Which is like, <laughs> just, uh, you know, it's easier to just go back. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so who are our guests today? We have some great guests. On our first hour, we have Breanne Bates. She is a politically, politically active conservative in Generation Z. Mm-hmm. She has been cast on NRA TV's Love at First Shot, Season 5. As an amateur competitor and discovered a bidding love for shooting sports. A budding love. Yeah, budding love, yes. (laughs) And has been a panelist for the NRA Women's Leadership Forum as well as Turning Point USA Students Action Summit. Mm -hmm. We also have Dave Kopp. He's local here. President of the Arizona Citizens Defense League. The AZCDL is where grassroots activists take a stand working at the Arizona legislature to get strong pro-right bills written and passed into law while stopping bad bills. Bad bills. There's some bad ones out there. Absolutely. Our second hour, we have Roger Eckstein. He's the author of the Shooter's Bible Guide to Home Defense, which has been lauded as the first great book of its kind written for the 21st century. He is one of the most prophetic, prophetic, <laughs> well, I can't say that word. Prolific? Okay. Yeah, writer. He writes a lot. Okay. <laughs> Um, of in-depth tests and evaluations of firearms and knives to emerge over the past 25 years. His mission is the advancement of anti-crime preparedness at home and in the workplace. I told you no big words, Cheryl. (laughs) Well, you know, I had to lighten the mood, so I I threw a zinger in there for you. She does that just to kind of get me to hang up somewhere. We also have Argo J. Argo J. describes himself as just an American who likes guns and the culture surrounding them and who is trusted source of a new gun accessories review and other videos. Argo has written a documentary titled Black Ops, Black Ops in Popular Society, 
changing the image of African-Americans and firearms one round at a time. I'm super excited to hear more about that. He's also going to be a speaker at the AMCON event in Chicago later this month, which is part of the Gun Rights Policy Conference. Yeah. Two um, free events you might want to look up. Gun and Rights in Chicago. I know. I know. It's pretty clever of them. Um, that's the Second Amendment Foundation that organizes those. Uh, we will also have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary so stick around i also want to mention that this show is a proud member of the self-defense radio network find out more and check out all of the great content at selfdefenseradio.net all right stick around we've got an amazing show miss brianne bates is coming up right after this And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I am asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf. Hi folks, I'm Don Collier. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. I like that song. It just, it's just calming, right? It's a good way to come back from Don Collier. <laughs> okay, I will never impersonate him again, I promise. That's, that no, was I a one and done. I don't think I would either if that I was, was you. <laughs> that was a one and done. Sorry, Don. I love you, and you're going to be on the show soon. Okay. I'm Don Collier. <laughs> Don is going Ed to. Im- I'm going to have him do you. <laughs> now that would be awesome. I'm we, Cheryl Todd. We would. <laughs> we could film that. Oh my goodness! All right. Well, welcome back. I'm glad to to lighten the mood a little. My opener felt so. You know, it's emotional. We're coming up on September 11th. Our nation's been through a lot. We're still going through a lot. I'm watching those Kavanaugh uh, confirmation hearings, and I'm just I'm exhausted by it. It's like. Seriously, people, could we? No, I guess not. All right. 
Well, speaking of lightening the mood, such a light this young lady is. And our first guest is Breanne Bates. She is a politically active conservative in Generation Z. Now, that's past the, the, what are they called, the millennials? Uh, she has been cast on NRA TV's Love at First Shot Season 5 as an amateur competitor and discovered a budding love for the shooting sports. She's also been a panelist for the NRA Women's Leadership Forum as well as Turning Point USA Student Action Summit. Welcome to the show, Miss Breanne. Hello? With y'all. Oh, there you are. Hi. Um, Hi. My goodness. Thank you so much. I know that we are making you late for class, and you are a very serious college student, and I appreciate that you it's took okay. that time. I, I actually think my professor is listening in, um, so I think, I think I'll get a pass on this one. <laughs> I love it. I love that you have a professor that would like a show like this. That's uh, unusual from what we understand about a lot of, a lot of colleges. There's a lot of liberal-leaning, which is fine to lean liberal, but mm-hmm. kind of close-mindedly liberal and not open to hearing new ideas. But I want to talk to you about this Love at First Shot experience. So that's a show on NRA TV, right? Mm-hmm. It's season five. How did that come about? How, how did you end up as part of the cast in season five? Yes, ma'am. Well, it's definitely not anything that I ever would have expected for myself. Um, I started out, I spoke for um, Turning Point at the NRA Women's Leadership Forum, and um, I guess they saw me there. Um, and then in spring, they are casting for the show. They reached out to me. Um, I, in the past, um, last summer, I did a um, video series with um, NBC um, Today. So I guess they saw that as well. They said, hey, let's bring this girl on, reached out to me, um, said we need some amateur shooters, and we think it'll be a really fun experience. I was a little scared and taken aback. <laughs> um, I had, Before the show, I'd probably shot a gun maybe three times total in my life. Mm-hmm. So I was like, are you kidding? Do you have the right number? <laughs> um, am I really the kind of girl that you want on the show? And um, they just reassured me that, hey, this is going to be a season where we're going to have um, teams paired up, a professional and a novice, and we really want to show that growth and show the community that you can get from the shooting industry. And uh, so I signed on. I said, let's do it. And I have zero regrets. It was the most fun I think I've ever had. That is awesome. And, you know, that's the thing is we're all new at something right there's Mm -hmm. there's some hobby there's some sport there's some class there's some something that we aren't yet experienced in and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of times that people think you know well the shooting sports like I don't I don't know what I don't know the equipment I don't know where to go I don't have any camo to wear you know (laughs) you know and I it's okay to to have a first time right Mm -hmm. absolutely and they definitely made it an easy experience. The way that we were paired up, we were um, trained by the best of the best. So my partner, Becky, um, she holds world records and her entire family shoots. And I'm so excited for people to see kind of our relationship when the show finally comes out because I found a really good friend in her um, and a, a good mentor. And she made it so easy and approachable to be able to just jump in and dive into this new atmosphere. 
That's awesome. And is camouflage uh, clothing, is that a prerequisite? Um, personally, I like the camo. It's not a prerequisite, though. There's definitely been times that I've I've uh, gone out to the range and I'm all dolled up coming from, you know, whatever Senate meeting or something else. But uh, it's definitely not a prerequisite. My mom goes sometimes with us and she shows up in her heels and dressed from work. So I love it. It's definitely... I've learned a lot that uh, the shooting sports, they don't have a specific image, although you may stereotype it that way. Um, You don't have to be a certain color, gender, size, or anything like that. Um, You can just jump in and enjoy it. So, so true. And you know what? There is some really cute camo out there these days. I I definitely got to say that. So (laughs) you, um, you got connected with this organization that I just think is amazing. The Turning Point USA. Charlie Kirk created, founded this organization while he was, I mean, it's still pretty young. And so I think he's still in his 20s. But I mm-hmm. mean, he was like 21 or or younger when he started it. And it's a way to, I'm going to let you tell us what, what TPUSA is, Turning Point USA, mm-hmm. and how you got involved in that organization. Yes, ma'am. Well, Charlie's a great friend, and he's um, definitely a good guy to look up to because he did start off um, real young. But um, Turning Point USA is a student activism organization on college and high school campuses um, that trains people to go out um, into their communities to create conversation, um, to kind of confront issues that we see, um, whether it's like fossil fuels or, um, or guns or stuff like that, and just to create a conversation on, on our campuses because we found that a lot of people aren't willing to talk about it unless you start the conversation. Um, so I got involved when I was in high school. I started a Turning Point USA chapter, um, and then I started going to the Turning Point conferences uh, throughout the year, got really plugged in there, just saw really great, inspiring people and decided I wanted to be a part of the organization. So I was with them for about three years doing various um, activism activities as well as like speaking um, at various uh, other um, events like the, the NRA Women's Forum. Um, but it was really awesome. I'm no longer with the organization. Um, I'm now plugged in uh, to student government at Baylor, but um, it was a great time. Um, I met really great friends there, and I have learned so much um, by being a part of them. That is awesome. And did you did you say that you were in high school when you got connected with TPUSA? I was. So I think I was a junior in high school um, going into my senior year when I first found out about them. And I decided, hey, this is something that my high school needs. Um, and I want people to start talking about this. Um, politics is something that my family would talk about over you know, dinner, but it wasn't something that we talked about in our friend groups or anything like that. So um, I saw it as an opportunity to open those doors, and and it definitely helped. That is so cool um, that, you know, it's not just a college. I think a lot of us think it's just a college thing, but that uh, it's available to high schoolers as well is to, you know, mm-hmm. be able to um, have an alternative uh, set of ideas to wrestle with and think about and consider the truth of you know, these conservative uh, values and, and ideas so that everything mm-hmm. isn't just strictly, you know, 
on the liberal end of things, which again, there's such great value on both sides, but I think a, a well-rounded education dictates that we should have both at our disposal. So absolutely, I, I think that's wonderful. So you mentioned that you're in student government at Baylor. So what are you doing in that role? Mm-hmm. So I am going into my second term as a student senator in mm. the Baylor student government. Um, I actually serve as the legislative secretary this year, so I'm um, being able to take on even a higher role. But um, essentially my job here is that I write bills to confront issues on our campus. Um, We vote on them and hopefully make change. Uh, It's been a really awesome experience being able to connect with people on campus and really understand what they're going through in order to make sure that our university continues to be the best it can be. That is really exciting. And so give me an example of, like, what's a bill that you would write to change something on a, on a school campus? Is it mm-hmm. things that, that would relate to, you know, working in a larger governmental body? Um, potentially, uh, maybe one day. But um, this past year, uh, I wrote, my first bill was called the We Don't Care for Green Hair Bill. Um, so <laughs> in... I lived in the dorms last year. Um, Something with our piping started turning um, some girls' hair green. It wasn't a really fun experience. So I wrote a bill to um, up our filtration system for our campus dorms. And then I also wrote a a bill um, to address, like, for example, like an overdose um, situation on campus. If that Mm. were to happen, I wrote a bill so that there would be naloxone, which is the overdose um, reversal drug, in every campus building. So I'm really focused on just upping campus safety, um, making sure that our students um, remain happy and healthy and, and continue to love it here at Baylor. That's fantastic. So I love that mm-hmm. your clean water bill had such a catchy title, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because if it's turning your hair green, you probably don't want to drink it either. So uh, exactly, I was I was a little concerned, that's but fantastic. we got it all fixed. Absolutely. Well, we've got just a little over a minute left. So, um, what are your future goals? Like, what this feels like you're just very interested in governmenting. <laughs> is that a word mm-hmm. in in, uh, <laughs> in in maybe politics or uh, what are you thinking? Well, you never know. Um, after being on the show, I've definitely discovered a love for communications. Um, that's what I'm majoring in. So I'm hoping maybe something um, on screen in the future. But I absolutely love serving my community. So possibly politics in the future. That's something I have to feel really called to. But um Honestly, the Lord will open doors, and I'm just waiting to see where he's leading me. So you never know. Perfect. I love that. And uh, Mm -hmm. I so appreciate that you took the time to talk with us today. If people want to find out more about your journey and uh, the the work that you've already done, the work you plan to do, uh, how would they Mm -hmm. reach out to you? How would they follow what what you're doing? Yes, ma'am. So on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Brianne underscore Bates. Um, so you can find me on both platforms at that, um, trying to kind of get into the whole public Instagram thing. It's definitely a different uh, world (laughs) out there, but, uh, I'm trying to step up my game with the show a bit. Indeed. It's a scary world and Twitter's (laughs) even more scary. So, uh, oh yes. Oh yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And we just really, we will pray for your journey because I, I'm just so encouraged 
by you. Uh, the theme of our show today is If Not You, Then Who? And I think you're just such a perfect person to encourage us that there are still individual people out there who are, um, they have their, their grounding in the Constitution and in our history and their eyes towards the future and their work uh, leading into the future. So thank you so much for oh. that. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me, and I look forward to seeing what you guys produce in the future as well. Absolutely. Now get to class. You're late. <laughs> <laughs> I'll run, I promise. Thank you so much, Brianne. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, Brianne Bates. She's just an awesome, awesome lady. Check her out on uh, those, those uh, social media platforms. She's quite the go-getter. All right, well, stick around. We still have Dave Kopp coming right up. He is the president of the Arizona Citizens Defense League, the AZCDL, uh, right up after these messages. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited every time our friend Dave Kopp gets a chance to come on the air. And I say gets a chance because this guy is so busy. What does he do? He is the president of the Arizona Citizens Defense League. That's the AZCDL. The AZCDL is a grassroots group 
right? So he is a grassroots activist. And I don't mean one of these uh, fake grassroots where they've got a big uh, funding source just pouring through, you know, some gazillionaire out there. This is people like me and people like you that buy memberships to the group and, and donate to, you know, when they have a, a raffle or something like that. That is the kind of grassroots we're talking about. And they take a stand, the AZCDL, working at the Arizona legislature to get strong pro-rights bills written and passed into law and standing in the way and stopping the bad bills that are going to take us down the wrong path. And uh, I'm just honored to know you. Dave, are you with us? I am. Awesome. So excited. Um, So you're, you're at the legislature when they're in session, right? And where are we on that calendar right now? Uh, they go in session second week of January, and then they stay in session. It's supposed to be for 100 days, but frequently it goes over that. So um, usually sometime in April they wind up adjourning. And so then do you just get to put your feet up for the rest of the year? From <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. Uh, uh, no, we spend most of our, our quote-unquote off time uh, working with legislators to draft new stuff, uh, you know, planning on what's coming because there's always something bad coming down the road that has to be stopped. Uh, it's it's just a constant struggle. Mm, absolutely. And so um, between what did you say, April and January, um, you're you're laying that groundwork because you ha- and how do you already kind of have an idea? How do you know what you're going to be uh, speaking against and and pressing back on? Well, you, you got to give the other side credit. Uh, they're nothing if not consistent. <laughs> and so uh, they've done the same things, you know, like universal background checks is one of their favorite things. They keep doing it over and over and over. And uh, they'll keep doing it until they get it. You know, so give them credit for persistence, give them credit for consistency. So we know that every year they will introduce bills to get universal background checks. It's just inevitable. Mm. And so... Um, so we're always prepared for that, you know, and they have basically the same playbook. And so now the, the new thing, and, and again, give them credit for innovation, too, the new thing is their red flag restraining orders, or gun violence restraining orders here in Arizona. They're calling them stop orders. And so this is the new thing that we have to fight. And every year it's, you know, a bunch of the same old stuff with something new thrown in. And so, you know, we know it's coming. We just have to be ready for it and, and uh, get people interested. Absolutely. And that's the key right there, right? Getting right. people interested. The The apathy is deafening. It, um, and the, I think that too many of us just kind of go, well, you know, there are people out there like the AZCDL. That's what they do. And it's handled. So well, <laughs> we like to call it the magic force field. Um, for some reason, and I'm not entirely sure why, and maybe it's just because I have a certain perspective being on the inside looking out, but for some reason a lot of people think, well, this is Arizona, and and nobody's going to succeed taking our guns. Nobody's going to succeed passing these bad laws. You know, like there's some magic force field around the state Mm. that prevents bad people from doing bad things. And so I'm not sure where that comes from, but the reality is that there's been a whole bunch of bad laws that we've had to get rid of. I mean, mm-hmm. just, you know, a few years ago, 
we got the burden of proof in self-defense cases changed back to where it ought to be. For years in this state, the burden of proof in self-defense was on you. Mm-hmm. If you had an act of self-defense, you had to go to court and prove that you were defending yourself. Crazy. Hey, Dave, remember and that... Guilty the... until proven innocent just stands yeah. the rule of law on its head. And we were one of only two states in the entire country that had things that way. We had to go and get that changed. And when I brought that up to most people, you know what their response was? Hmm. What? <laughs> they had no idea. Right. Absolutely no idea. Right. And so, you know, that's part of the problem is because most people just don't understand what's actually going on. And when you tell people, they're like, I can't believe that. How is that true? Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's a big part of the issue. Well, Dave, you remember like California, said, right? California used what? to be one of the biggest gun markets in the country. Oh, yeah. And yeah, now, and so, now, so we said it can't happen in Arizona. It happened in California. And I remember going to gun shows in California that took three days to go through. It's always happening, and that's part of the problem. There is no place that's immune, us least of all. They are always, always, always working to get us down under the, the eight ball, and whatever they can do, they'll do. And, and, I mean, we've seen it all in the news. We've seen it, you know, all over the country, riots and, and burning cars mm. and breaking windows and beating people up and macing them. And, you know, if that's what it takes, that's what they'll do. Mm. But at the same time, they're also down at the Capitol, and they've got lobbyists, and they've got lots of money, like Cheryl pointed out earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got millionaires behind them, the George Soros's and the Mike Bloomberg's. And, uh, you know, what's his name? The, the venture capitalist guy up there in Washington, uh, um, uh, Nick Hanauer. Mm. You know, guys like this with millions and millions and millions of dollars who apparently have nothing better to do with all that money than spend it on gun control. Mm. It's just crazy. So, and then yeah. at the same time that we are seeing their, the thuggery in the streets where they're macing people and dressed in black and they're beating people, and it's like, wait a minute, and I'm supposed to give up my my tool of self-protection? Yeah. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> well, I'd like to make a comment to Soros if he's happened to be listening to us today. <laughs> he's a big listener, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure, too. <laughs> Investing in gun control is not a good investment because mm-hmm. we're waking up. Hmm. I hope we are. What do you think about that, Dave? Are we, are we waking up? I think to some degree. Uh, I think the the governor's push for stop orders last year woke a lot of people up. Uh, we had, uh, and we normally, our folks are normally very responsive, much more so than average. Um, you know, when you reach out to five thousand people, if you get a hundred responding, that's good. And I know a lot of people are disappointed by that, but that's just reality. Mm. Our folks, we've got 25,000 people on our mailing list. We normally get 1,000 or 2,000 responding, which, again, is good. Uh, You know, that's a good response. It's unfortunate that that's the truth, but it is. When the governor's thing came out, we were getting three, 4,000 people writing letters at a time. We wound up with a total, uh, after all was said and done, of about 37,000 emails sent to the legislature. Wow. Uh, People really responded to that because it was an imminent threat and people got that yes and so uh yeah i think people are waking up to a certain degree there are imminent threats and i think part of the problem is a lot of the folks that are supposed to be on our side don't really understand what they're doing it's like well you know we're just trying to keep guns away from you know crazy people it's like okay but who's defining crazy and how is this going to work and uh, what about due process you know all these questions aren't being answered they're just trying to brush them off Mm-hmm. That's a very scary thing. This uh, uh, who's crazy, who's not crazy, because who's gonna who's gonna make that decision for us? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's always the problem. <laughs> who's making the decisions? 
uh, was it Stalin, I think, who said, you know, it's not he who votes that counts, it's he who counts the votes. Right. Mm. And we could have somebody that's bitter, a judge Scary. that's bitter about guns, or somebody who's going to favor uh, somebody that, you know, it's just terrible. So you were talking about, uh, you and Dan were talking about how, you know, California didn't used to be the kind of California it is now. And I've seen some bumper stickers or something around town with this hashtag that says basically, don't CA my AZ, right? Don't California my Arizona. (laughs) And we have, I mean, we're a beautiful state. We have amazing weather, except when it feels like we're standing on the face of the sun, you know, for a couple months in the summer. And so we have transplants from everywhere, which is beautiful and wonderful and gives us a rich, um, you know, fabric to our state. You're a transplant, but you came from a place where the rights were already obliterated. And I think that that probably, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that drove your passion to, to protect the rights we already had and push back on things like, wait a minute, you have to prove that you were in the right to defend yourself when this dude is in your house and, you know, you know, attacking your family or whatever the case may be. But then there's a lot of people that are coming from California, transplants. They're, they're coming here to get away from the very same stuff that they're going to vote back in once they're um, residents here. And it's just crazy madness. Yeah, no, it's it's unfortunate. I I came from New York, as you know, and uh, I've lived here for 24 years now. And, yeah, that's a big part of it. I just don't want to see things go south the way they did in New York. New York York went to hell in a handbasket 100 years ago, and I don't want to see that happen here. I mean, this is my adopted home, and I just love it here. And God help us if if we let it go that way. Mm. Well, and there's a lot of people that feel what you just said, but they don't. They don't know what to do with the feeling. They don't take any action with it. And uh, you have definitely put your your life, put your money, put everything uh, behind that. And, um, and we're always happy to welcome anybody who feels the same way. Abs- <laughs> we'll give them a home. Absolutely. Well, Dan's sitting here just dying to ask a question, and I keep I keep shushing him. So well, I'm going to stop shushing him. <laughs> she turns my mic off all the time, Dave. But it's hey, not true. So, kind of, sort you know, of. It's true. The governor just uh, appointed Kyle for uh, McCain's spot, and I just wondered what you thought about Kyle. Uh, from a just a strictly gun perspective, he was always pretty good when he was in the legislature. Um, there are a lot of folks complaining about, you know, this, that, and the other thing about Kyle. Uh, I guess it, it always gets back to their politicians, so mm-hmm. watch for their lips to move. But <laughs> in the final analysis, it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'll be real bad mm-hmm. as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Can he help us uh, at I all? I think, like I said, I think he has a pretty good uh, RKBA record. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can he help us, though? Um, I think he could. I don't know that he will. Um, he's already said that he may not stay very long, which makes you kind of wonder what's going on there. But, you know, that's another argument. Right. That is so interesting. Well, I put on my personal Facebook page yesterday. I'm like, when I started seeing all the people that were like, yay, Kyle's going to be amazing. They were people the, whose opinions I didn't respect. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, what's what's going to happen with this Kyle guy? Because I know his record is pretty solid, but... 
man, we are living in weird times. And just because you've got the, the R Republican on your on your chest doesn't mean that you're you're grounded in the Constitution and you're going to behave yeah. accordingly, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Absolutely. And just, just because somebody's got the D on their chest doesn't mean that they're necessarily hateful to the Constitution. So, I mean, it really, it does take people paying attention and, and educating themselves before they step into the voting booth. But I wanted to ask you, basically, why membership? Like, why, if I'm Joe Schmo sitting in my car right now in traffic, and I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I, I think, great, Dave Cop sounds awesome, the AZCDL sounds awesome, but what what's in it? Everybody's always like, what's in it for me? Why membership, right? And and why can't I just keep sharing memes on Facebook, right? That's activism, right? <laughs> well, it, it, to be perfectly honest, and you know, I, I could blow a lot of smoke and, and talk about, you know, how wonderful it is to do whatever, but to be perfectly honest, to be called, activism costs money. Mm-hmm. And it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. We need folks to help us out because mm-hmm. all of this stuff is expensive. And like you mentioned at the beginning, at the top of the show, we are a grassroots group. We don't have any billionaires helping us out. Uh, we don't have any big corporations donating to us. All our money comes from our grassroots. Mm. You know, the, the 25,000 people that we mentioned earlier, we have 15,000 active supporting members, people who, who donate to us and, and keep us going. And if it wasn't for them, there would be no us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said, the simple fact of the matter is we couldn't do it without donations, without people buying raffle tickets, without people giving us money for memberships and, and coming to the annual meeting and just, you know, keeping us going. We couldn't do it without the membership. Hey, hey Joe, so, Joe uh, Smo out there. In the... On, on the, the generosity of the grassroots. Well, Joe Smo out there in the car, you're asking what's in it for you. It's called freedom. Hmm. <laughs> right? True story. Well, it's your best chance at freedom, I would think. And so that leads me to my next question. So if, if Joe is like, okay, I'm going to join a, a membership organization that supports the Second Amendment, why do I choose the AZCDL? How, does it, how is it different from, let's say, the NRA? Well, the NRA is a great group, and I'm a Benefactor Life member. Uh, I don't always agree with what some of their top brass decides, and I think that's true of a lot of gun owners, but mm-hmm. I still think they're a great organization. Mm-hmm. But they are largely focused on national issues. Yes. Uh, we are strictly Arizona-based. We yes. don't do national issues. We only do Arizona. Um, our thing is to go down to the legislature. We are there whenever the legislature is in session. We are there, and we push good bills. We kill bad bills. That's what we do. We are strictly Arizona legislator-focused. Um, we have a lot of good information on our website. That's www.azcdl.org, O-R-G. and uh, you can go there. There's a lot of good I- information for anybody who wants to know what's going on, how to deal with the legislative process, how to contact your legislators, how bills work, things like that, uh, what court cases have been passed affecting our rights. All that kind of stuff is on the website. But our fundamental function is to, to connect you to your government. And, you know, the government of the people only works if the people are participating. And so that's, that's our basic purpose is to keep you participating. Mm. And so, like I said, that all, that all costs money. If you, can't, uh, if you can't afford to pay for participation, unfortunately, you're not going to. And that's just the reality. Mm. That's a, a beautiful answer. I mean, just it, it really comes down to just that, right? A, a government of the people only works when the people are involved. 
And if you can't, if I myself can't go down there at the legislature and pick through all these, the language and the trickiness and the everything every single day, then I want someone that I trust they're doing that for me. And that's that membership piece, right? It is a full-time job. Amen, brother. Well, one of the things that the AZCDL has done here in Arizona is you helped, I think, bring back constitutional carry, right? Because originally, every state, everywhere across the nation, we just had the Constitution, right? That we didn't have to have a FOIA card or whatever these FOIA card, whatever these things are, like off in Illinois and other places like that. We didn't have to have concealed carry licenses, uh, licenses and that sort of thing. And so I believe you brought it back. I think that's an accurate way to say that, which means that, you know, we don't have to go through um, getting anyone's permission to carry our firearm, whether it's open or concealed. And, of course, there were people that, when that process was going on, were just wailing and gnashing of teeth and throwing ashes on their head that there was going to be blood in the streets and there was going to be chaos and madness, right? And Yeah, there was quite a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, and that isn't what we've experienced. And one of the things that I do uh, is I'm with a group called the D.C. Project. It's 50 women, one from each state. We go to our nation's capital and we sit down with legislatures from each state. And I had the fortune, uh, the fortunate uh, circumstance to be in a New York senator's office last year. And someone mentioned, you know, national reciprocity. And this person was just aghast that you know, such a thing could ever happen because, quote unquote, he said, it is not palatable to our police force for the citizenry to just walk around with guns. Not sure. And I'm like, well, I read the Constitution. I've read the Bill of Rights. I've looked dozens of times at the 27 words of the Second Amendment. And nowhere in there do I find the word palatable. And... Uh, I was respectful to the man, but these smarmy things were going on in my brain, right? So, and I said, you know, I get that. Your culture is different. It would feel weird and unusual for you in New York. But I invite you to look at the real life, real time experiment that we are playing out in America, in uh, America, listen to that, in Arizona. And I said, we, we don't have blood in running in the streets our crime rates are not soaring and i just invite you to look at that and and then consider that the next time you have an opportunity to make a decision about your citizens ability and rights to protect themselves in your state um and and i had the azcdl and the work that you did in my mind when i said that and i just felt very proud to be able to you know, kind of cause him a little bit of cognitive dissonance in that way. Uh, part of the problem, too, is that once you have gotten that cultural shift towards uh, we know better and you don't, mm. it's really, really hard to go back the other way, mm. which is one of the reasons why we have to fight hard to prevent that from happening here, because once we've lost it, it's almost impossible to get it back. So true. So true. Well, we are about to run out of time. We've got just a little bit more, but you mentioned that one of the things that the AZCDL does that helps keep them, keep you, keep the, 
the organization running is your annual dinner. And the annual dinner is coming up. And I really can't say your annual dinner because I'm a, I'm a life member of the AZCDL, full disclosure. So it's our annual dinner. And uh, I just thought if you could talk about that for a few moments, because I do think it's, it is just for members, but anybody could become a member at any time, right? And that's largely to keep some of the nitty people out because, you know, you've always got anybody who's ever seen the, the National Rifle Association's meeting, there's always a bunch of people walking around with signs saying we hate the NRA. Blah, right, blah, blah. right. So you know, we don't want those people inside. They can come outside if they want. That's fine. You know, it's America, but yep. not inside. So you have to be a member or a guest of a member to get in. And, uh, you know, anybody can become a member, So, but uh, rest assured, if some crazy person became a member just to come in and make noise, they'd stop being a member real quick. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's our once-a-year, uh, well, technically luncheon, and uh, basically we all get together, and uh, about 450, 500 people gather together in a room, and we listen to folks talk, and, you know, we're all, most of us are open-carrying, some concealed carry. And uh, sometimes we have a, a band. Uh, Alan Corwin is a, a life member and a longtime supporter. Has a kind of a parody band that he has play, and yeah, we all eat and we all talk, and you know we have a silent auction, and everybody has a good time. It's always been a good time, and this is going to be our 13th annual this year. It's uh, uh, Saturday, October 13th, and um, as you know, since you helped us put it together, there's going to be a, a ladies' panel, women on guns. And uh, we're going to have several really top-notch speakers, which I think you'd be better speaking about than I would. <laughs> well, I'm ex- I'm very honored and very excited that you you asked me to host a panel, and then just kind of let me loose and said, "Invite who you want." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, the menu of amazing women! Um, it, it, enough for five uh, of these events." Um, but we do have Carrie Lightfoot coming out. Of course, she's the founder of the Well Armed Woman. We have Cindy Harding. She is the founder of Cindy's Concealed Carry. Rachel Malone. Now, Rachel has such an interesting story. She's with uh, Gun Gun Owners of America of Texas, but she was recently fired by the Republican Party, Right. right, in Texas, where she was working. And why was she fired? Because she was talking about guns too much. So what is that about? And then, of course, we have Antonia Okafor, who's the founder of Empowered. So just an amazing group of women uh, coming together to talk to us about the impact that that the fe- that women and females are having on the national discussion. Yeah, and that's the uh, fastest growing segment of the uh, the firearm sales market right now is women. So, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. We have a couple other uh, folks speaking, too. Mark Victor, who's a criminal defense attorney, will be speaking. And He's Senator awesome. John Kavanaugh. Awesome. And um, uh, who else? Oh, um, and Maj Touré. Maj Touré, right. Yeah. Right. He's, uh, uh, from Black Guns Matter. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it should, be, uh, it should be a great time. So, yeah, anybody, like I said, anybody who wants to come, either find a member and tag along or join up and Tickets are still on sale for another few weeks, as I recall. Very good. And how do they get those tickets? How do they find those? Well, actually, they got to be a member first, right? So let's tell them well, about how to... Well, you can join on the website as well. You can join on the website. You can buy tickets on the website. You can do anything on the website. <laughs> uh, you can sign up for our list system on the website and keep uh, keep apprised of what's going on during the legislative session. Everything's on the website, www.azcdl.org. Well, fantastic. And just as we start to wind down, what 
I mean, you already mentioned you know you're going to have to copy and paste in all your arguments against the universal background check. Um, is there something, some new wrinkle, some new trick out there that you know you're going to have to fight this particular year? Well, the biggest thing we're worried about this year is stop orders, the, the gun violence restraining orders, which, like I said, it, it's one of those things where it appeals to a lot of people because it's the idea of, well, we don't want crazy people to have guns. But, again, we go back to who's crazy mm. and who's defining crazy yes. and what about due process and why are you essentially charging people criminally without actually charging them criminally? You know, there's a lot of wrinkles to it that people need to be aware of. Uh, when we had a hearing on the bill last year, which thankfully died before it got a hearing in the House, we had a hearing in the Senate, and they had uh, a gentleman from the, the, I believe, the state mental hospital mm. who was testifying, and they said, well, gee, you know, if you guys are screening somebody for mental illness and they ask you, you know, should we take his guns away, what's the answer going to be? And he said, well, look, we don't really know how this goes. We've never done this before. So he said, realistically, the default answer is always going to be take the guns mm -hmm. because we don't want to take the chance of getting it wrong. Wow. So every time it's going to be take the guns. Wow. And he said this in open committee. I mean, you can see it on video. I don't want to be wrong, but taking the guns, <laughs> it's like maybe taking the guns is exactly the wrong thing because there is due process, because there is a Second Amendment, because there is a Constitution. That is just crazy. Yeah. Well, I've got to run. But, Dave, thank you so much for spending all this time with us. And I just want to encourage folks again to go to azcdl.org and find out all that you need to know about uh, membership and become a member. And then come see us at the, the meeting on, what is it, October 13th. Right. All right. Thank you, Dave. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Take care. You too. All right. Dave Kopp of the AZCDL. Awesome. Well, stick around. We still have another full hour of Gun Freedom Radio coming right up. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran Radio Podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.